0: was sharing with us what he's hearing from the churches in Israel. And it was interesting what he, what he they want us to pray for their unity. And the reason is um, it's hard for us to fathom, but there in the churches, in the churches are both Arabs and Israelis, uh, Jews and Arab people in the church because they get saved and they come to faith and that, you know, what, what do we do? We fellowship together, just like our church, very diverse, um, different backgrounds, um, and everything you can imagine, we're different, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. and so um, but the problem now is that it's hard to even pray together because it's so tense, because everybody has somebody that's been affected by the things that are going on, and they can they can you know th- these worldly views we have can still creep into our way of viewing things when when times of tension come. Um, we see it here in America every time there's an election year. <laughs> um, I guarantee you, we, we having a great time right now. But this time next year, because somebody done put a flag in their yard or one of y'all going to post something on Facebook and you're going to tick everybody else off and you're going to be able to have fellowship and somebody going to leave the home fellowship because you too busy trying to, you know, scream uh, Trump or the other one screaming Biden and ain't neither one of them died for you you know but we get so it's the same way with them so all this tension is because um because of of that and so it's affecting the church in that way you know and and so th- what the christians what the churches are doing is saying hey we need we need prayer for unity so we can fellowship together and and minister to one another in in our communities which is um very interesting um uh, and and christianity is growing amongst young people in Israel whereas there's very few christians actually in the Palestinian area. So, anyway, you see all the stuff that's going on, all the death, all the um, stuff that's happening, and, and I, people are making mention of, of things to me. And um, some people are wondering, you know, this is it, Pastor Kevin? I mean, it looks like it's about to be it. And um, One of the things I, I love about this church is that we're very biblically literate. We're kind of, you think about the Bereans, uh, I love that Paul said um, that the Bereans were more, more noble minded than the Thessalonians because they searched the scriptures daily to see if if these things were so, you know. And I love that about them. We we learn from from Peter how the church is supposed to always respond in times of difficulty. Because you remember in um, Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost when the the Holy Spirit fell on the church. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Not if you do. And um, they began to speak with tongues, uh, 120 of them as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then all of these people from all of these nations heard it in their own specific dialect where they were from, which is a miracle, in and of itself. And so they, the crowd was like, "Man, they, they must be drunk. This is this is weird." And Peter's standing up and said, "These are not drunk as you suppose, seeing that it's the, you know only the I forget it was the third hour of the day, about 9 a.m. in the morning." Uh, it says, "Too early for all that." And he said, "No, but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel that in the last age, y'all remember that?" And he and he, he basically pointed to scripture to explain to them what was happening. And when you know scripture, it's freeing. Jesus says, if you continue my word, you'll be not a disciple indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what, y'all? Free, amen. And so it keeps you grounded, and it keeps your perspective um, real. And so you see what's going on, and and it's very easy for us to imagine that, whoa, we're pretty close now to this thing wrapping up. Um, And I, I guess what I would say to that is, Well, in a sense, but maybe not as close as you think. And the reason I can say that is because I believe that Scripture definitely tells me, because I've heard a lot of people mention Ezekiel 38 and that war that takes place. Scripture definitely tells me that what we're seeing is not that war that's described in Ezekiel. It could be like warm-ups, if you will. I'll get to what I think in a moment. Um, it could be warm ups and people get these wars confused because Zechariah is talking about an end times war. Ezekiel's talking about an end times war. We definitely see one in the book of Revelation. We see another one that's alluded to over in Psalm 83. Um, and, and, and when you think through these, uh, we're moving towards something, but we're not quite there yet. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I believe that over in Ezekiel 38 really quick. Um, if you want to turn there, I don't want to. You know I can get lost in this part of Scripture, but I'm not going to do that. Dan, if you want to rest your, your, your legs, you could. Um, <laughs> um, Trev, Ezekiel 38, and I don't have um, anything highlighted or, or anything like that, but there's a couple things I'll do. I'll just jump in at the beginning, but I don't want to get lost, so I'm going to read, and I'm only going to die. Yeah, you guys can sit down. I'm sorry. Davon just alluded to, yeah, it might want. Yeah, yeah, there's a stool up here today. Um, I'm going to read swiftly, make a few points. We good? He says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, um, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against them. And I don't want to try to define all of these locations. Um, One of the things I would say is this Gog figure is probably both a person who was a leader then, but also, I believe, more so the demonic spirit behind this person, because notice he's called the prince of these locations. Um, And just like we have the prince of Persia mentioned in the book of Daniel. And so I do believe that he's the prince in the the realm of the principalities and powers that we actually wrestle again, because Paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places. So he says, set your face against him and prophesy and say, say this to him in verse three, it says, and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I'm against you, O God, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws and lead you out. You and all your army host, uh, horses and horsemen all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields. I could really get lost in all of this. Um, All of them handling handling swords. Notice he says uh, Persia, uh, Ethiopia, and Libya, which is Iran, Ethiopia, and Libya, are with them, all of them with shields and helmet. Gomar and all the troops of the house of Togomar from the far north and all its troops, many peoples, are with you. Um, And so what we see is this invasion. Of Israel that's taken place or being described is one that God is drawing these nations from the far north and then from I would say almost the far south as you have Libya and Ethiopia and then obviously from the the far east um, to some degree being Iran would be the nations that are a part of this so we've done this before we're looking all the way up Russia Russia is directly far north of Israel Iran to the east Ethiopia, Libya to, to the south. These are the nations that are being drawn in by the Lord for battle and he's gonna deal with them. Um, yet this is still not the battle that's talked about in the book of Revelation, Armageddon. These are two distinct battles, okay? Everybody with me so far? All right, so those nations are the ones involved. Um, these are not the nations that are currently involved in the conflict that's taking place on the ground today, okay? The nations that are involved right now resemble the nations that are mentioned over in Psalm 83, which I don't think will take time to turn there. One of the nations mentioned in Psalm 83 that's coming against Israel is Philistia, the areas of Philistia, the Philistines, which is the Gaza West Bank area, um, along with um, uh, the sons of Lot, Edom, and uh, Moab, and uh, Jordan, and all of those nations, those nations right around Israel is what Psalm 83 describes, which are the nations that are part of them already involved, others speaking as though they are condemning what's going on. Um, so, and then the other reason why we don't, we know that Ezekiel 38 is not what's being played out right now before our eyes is if you continue, it says, um, verse 7 prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you and be a guard for them after many days you will be visited in the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many peoples on the mountains of israel which had long been desolate they were brought out of the nations and now all of them dwell safely so now that part of ezekiel 38 actually has been fulfilled chapter 37 the dry bones chapter y'all remember that That has been fulfilled. Israel has been brought back from all the nations to a desolate land that is now flourishing in fulfillment of Ezekiel 35, 36, and 37. That part of it has already taken place. But part of it still has not taken place, which tells me that we're trying to get there still. Verse 9, you will ascend coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all the troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind. So we're getting insight into the mind of these these earthly leaders of these nations, which are being demonically influenced by principalities and powers in heavenly places. Y'all with me? And they are planting these thoughts in their mind. And sometimes we don't realize that. And this is how Satan works. Like Satan was, he was strategically leading Judas in a mindset. Once Judas gave himself completely to that at the meal, when he looked Jesus in the eyes and refused to repent, it says that after supper, Satan entered him. Y'all know these words? And Jesus said, what you do, do quickly. And he went out to plot to kill Jesus to finish that up. And the crazy thing is none of the other disciples even knew Judas was a non-believer. He's just chilling in the middle of the church, if you will. Not believing, wanting to destroy Jesus, only out for his own um, selfish desires, and nobody caught it. All right. so, so then it says here, so uh, where was I at? Thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil plan. You will say, verse 11 is where I wanted to be. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people. dwell safely all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates to take a plunder and to take booty to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against a people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of a land of the land now um, so So we see a preparation for the whole thing to be fulfilled, but it's not there yet. So, yes, God has drawn them back from all the nations um, into the the land of Israel, and it's now flourishing. Um, And I'll touch on that in a moment. But they're not dwelling safely in unwalled villages without bars. The fact that they're in this conflict right now tells us that they're not a people who are dwelling safely. In fact, every year we see rockets going into Israel, don't we? So we're not there yet. So which tells me that we are definitely in the, in the last days. We understand that because Israel being back in the land is a fulfillment of that. And what I mean by that is a hundred years ago we couldn't have had a real conversation about end times because we didn't have anything in place to really tell us we were there. Everybody with me? Okay. In the final age, if you will, Peter says in the last days, Acts chapter 2, God will pour out his spirit. So Peter says we're living in the in the last days. But it's in the latter times that God would bring Israel back and reestablish them. So 100 years ago, there was no Israel. 100 years ago, there was no way for us to have this particular discussion. And it was during that time that a lot of really horrible Bible teaching went out because, because there was no literal fulfillment of Israel. Bible teachers began to spiritualize verses and apply them to the church. Um, which was really horrible Bible interpretation. And from that, these doctrines of stuff like um, uh, replacement theology uh, and all of that stuff, and then pastors beginning to try to justify Israel not being a nation because they, you know, all this stuff they were making up, I don't even want to mention from the pulpit. Um, so those things happen. But now because Israel is in place, we know that the stage is set, you can say. For us to now watch and see where we are. But the reason we're not there yet is Israel's still not dwelling safely. They're still not able to, to, to fulfill this part of the text. What that tells me is that we have to then figure out how to get from where we are. Well, we don't have to figure it out. God's got to figure it out. In other words, God, God is going to somehow get us from where we are to where this is that then that could be taking place. So then, well, where are we? I believe that the things that we're seeing happening now are those things that have to happen in order for us to move in the direction where the rest of this can be fulfilled. Does that make a little sense? So the way that Jesus would describe that to us then is, well, let's look at Matthew 24 really quick. Matthew 24, nothing on the screens, just handling our swords. There's stuff we could spend more time on back over in chapter 38, but you can look that stuff up. Many will run to and fro, knowledge will increase. Well, it's increased, and there's a lot of knowledge available. There's Bible teachings all over the place now it's good, from good Bible teachers. <laughs> um, and you can get a look a list of good Bible teachers um, that are teaching these very things. Uh, there's a lot of Calvary guys who are teaching in times and who have been teaching in times for the last 50 years too. So, um, It's funny how this stuff Pastor Chuck was teaching 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And it's still solid, all right, because it's, it's, it's sound doctrine. It's from the word of God. Well, Matthew 24, Jesus told the guys, they sat on the Mount of Olives. Um, y'all, we know that this is called the Olivet Discourse. They were asking Jesus, what is, what is, what's the signs of the end and your coming? Um, and Jesus sat on the mountain, and he gave them a, a bunch of things. I won't spend a lot of time on it. Picking up verse 3, now he sat on the Mount of Olives. And he, the disciples came to him probably saying, tell us, when will these things be? What will be the the signs of your coming and the end of the age? Remember, Jesus just told them that the temple was going to be destroyed, which is why they're asking. So when you get into this section, you got to understand that he's, he's answering a very broad question because the temple was destroyed 40 years after he taught this to them in A.D. 70. And we're almost 2,000 years removed from that. So this is spanning a period of time. So... Um, He says to them, Jesus, verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And we've had a lot of false Christ through the years. I spent time on that. You can listen to it on our app, verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings, the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up uh, to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And many of you will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will, ar- will arise, will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Um, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the nations as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. I keep seeing stuff I know needs to be explained. So I'm going to ask that you go on the app and listen to it in detail if you've never gone through it before. Verse 8, Jesus says, all these things, all these are the beginning of sorrows, which most of you know in the Greek is a description of, um, or is the phrase means birth pains, birth pains, um, birth pains are interesting because, um, you know, there's the discomfort lady stage. Um, I remember my wife and I got married. Uh, she was pregnant for the first time in she was uncomfortable. I said, Lord, I don't know who this woman is. Well, he, you know, clearly because there's a human being growing on the inside of her. I remember one day she went and sat in the closet and just cried and I'm like, "Lord, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Her body's being transformed. Um, but when you get to the birth pains, you go take the class, you learn a little bit and you think you're ready. You got your bag packed and all this kind of stuff and you're getting ready because they tell you what to do and you have no clue what you're doing. And the birth pains begin, and then you go run. But you know those are the Braxton Hicks. But they're the warm-ups of the birth pains. And then the real birth pains come. And then depending on the woman's body is how long that lasts. Some doesn't last long. And there's one lady here in the church. She she didn't even she almost didn't make it in the hospital. Almost had the baby in the car um, because her birth pains are they, just the way her body is. And then others they labor and labor and labor. We did 13 hours with the first one. Not not we. She. <laughs> <laughs> She did 13 hours of labor and, um, and everything. We were hours in when they did the epidural, and I was in the middle of everything. Watching. But the point is, the birth pains means something's coming. And so what I believe is that we're still in the birth pains is where we are still. Notice what he said. Let's there there, just, just think about this one. one verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Well, the last 100 years is the most bloody time in history. Not only is the population the highest, more people are dying than ever, and I'm running out of time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, If you do the research, um, literally, y'all, this last 100 years is a time in Earth's history like never before. Most of Bible prophecy could not have even been fulfilled. Like the stuff that that the book of Revelation says that the whole world would see 100 years ago, that couldn't happen because the whole world couldn't see anything. A hundred years ago, it would have taken months to get word to parts in the world of what just happened somewhere else in the world. Does that make sense? But yet today, everybody can watch the Palestinian-Israeli struggle that's happening right now. Okay? Why is that the case? Because we're in the last times. Okay? So it's being fulfilled. Verse 6, you hear wars and rumors of wars. And we've heard of wars and rumors of wars. I, I, I'm not even sure what's happening between Putin and Uran- uh, Ukraine anymore. But there's, there's always wars and rumors of wars. See that you 're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom i didn 't look up which one is which in here, but it, it one speaks of nations as we think of them, the other one speaks of ethnic groups being also at war with each other, and we know that 's the case ethnic groups at war with, with, within Islam that happens, Arabs wanting to destroy and annihilate Jews um, we know that. Um, the the uh, Nazi kind of folks wanting to um, destroy uh, African Americans uh, or or just Africans in general or people of color in general and and where does that come from That's a demonic thought that arose uh, in in you know I'm getting ahead of myself All right So nation against nation kingdom against kingdom um, And then he says there will be famines and you know, like I said hunger hunger has grown to epic proportions in the world, not because the population is growing, but because we're sinful. We, there's enough land on earth that's empty still, you know, that we can, we can feed the world. Um, that's why Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland, so he can control that process. Um, and then it says, and pestilences, which is basically plagues. Well, what is a plague? Well, plague, we had one in 2020. Um, So we got a plague out there, Um, but that's just one of many plagues and there's more plagues to come because these are birth pains, Um, earthquakes in various places. If you do the earthquake research, you're you're amazed. And we just had a major one in the Middle East right before this popped off. And if you do the earthquake trackers and, and, you know, you track like the 4.0s and up and you put them on a, a, and I've shown you that back when I was teaching through that And, and you play that. And they light up, and it shows you where they're hitting and with their magnitude. And it literally looks like the earth is pulsating and about to crack is the way it looks when you look at so many earthquakes that we can't even keep up with the increase in that. And so Jesus is saying, hey, these are the way, the things that's going to happen in the last days, okay? These are the things that are going to increase in the last days. We're seeing them increase. And the thing is, sometimes we say stuff like, um, We see these things and as Christians, we say, man, it's exciting because what we mean by that is, is we want to see Jesus soon. But the reality is, in order to hold that little baby in your arms, you ask the ladies, you ask the grandmothers and the mothers in the room, they'll tell you, in order to have that little bundle of joy, much pain must be endured. Okay. In order to stand face to face and see Jesus, much pain is going to have to happen in the world. In the world. Much pain. Why? Because he's going to judge sin. He's not going to clean it up in its current state. He's going to re, he's going to take a harvest of those who will say that I believe that he's the son of God and died for my sin, and I put my faith and trust in him. And he's going to he's harvesting that out of the world. But he's going to judge the world when he's done. That's a lot of pain. So when you hear of babies having their heads chopped off and women being ravished and all of these things, and that doesn't that grieves the Lord and should grieve the church. Um, as well, because we have the mind of Christ, we should be grieved over all of it. Yet we know where it's going and to get there, this must happen and more of it is going to come. And as American Christians, we need to definitely ask God to prepare our hearts and minds for the things that we could see as well before he takes the church out of here. Because honestly, we're soft. If I could just be real, we're just soft. That's why we have to overly prepare for missions trips. <laughs> we got to get ready for the fact that there's no hot water in the shower because we're soft. You know, That's the big deal when we get ready to go on the mission trip and, you know, we, you know, and all these things. Um, and it's not a put down. This is, we, we're, we're also, how should I say, um, I w- you wouldn't call your kids necessarily soft. You would say they're blessed because you had the ability to take care of them. Well, let's be thankful God has taken care of us. Why? And I think in part it's because he used America at times, you know, but now here we are, i um, hanging on, not actually wanting to support his people, Israel, or wanting to be involved in the things that we should, having all this crazy stuff happening in our own country and being distracted by it all. But I think what we need to do is just, you know, be always praying. I want to get to where I want to go today. So um, with that in mind, Being biblically literate, what we know is that, hey, these are the birth pains. A lot's coming. A lot is coming. So be in the word, know the word, be able to share the word with those who have questions about it. And to be able to, to some degree, apologetically defend the faith. You know, God is not at fault for what's happening. Sin is at fault. Because what he created was, according to Genesis 1 through, through 1 and 2, amazing. And then sin just—we made a mess, and so now it's playing out. So we're gonna we're gonna take communion. Let's stand to our feet. Father, we thank you today for allowing us to be here. Lord God, we do pray for our brothers and our sisters around the world. Uh, Lord, those who are dealing with things that are so difficult. Uh, Lord, yet you 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 chose this time to allow these things to play out. And Lord, I pray that you will equip them, that you would comfort them, that you would continue to send aid and and support where it's needful, Lord God, that our brothers and our sisters would be filled with your spirit, that the word would go forth powerfully, Lord God. Uh, Lord, that we would see many, many, even through these difficult times in these parts of the world, come to know you, Lord God. I pray that you would strengthen us and prepare us to be who we're called to be. Uh, Lord, for the the, the time we're in now and and that which is coming, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.